0: The Book of Lamentations Echa brought down in Zor Hadash, Midrash Elam Al Echa. What does the learning of the Book of Lamentations Echa is going to give us? The Pshat recounts the devastation to the Jewish people, which was enormous. But according to Kabbalah, according to the Sod, Secrets of the Torah, our loss which much greater than what is being reported. And if we do not know what was that ultimate loss and cost of the devastation of the destruction of the temple and the exile, how would we know how to restore it? This Zohar is going to tell us what is the real loss, and therefore now we know what we need to do. To restore the old glory, only by learning the Book of Lamentations, Eicha, according to the Sod, then can a person can appreciate the the depth of the loss, and therefore what it will require to restore that loss, to find that loss. The Zohar starts with Shalchulam bne bavel, the the exiles in Babylonia sent to the people in Israel. This is during the time of the first exile that uh, we were exiled to Babylonia with Nebuchadnezzar. The message was We that are in exile should be the one to mourn the loss of the temple because we are outside of Israel and we are in Galut. In Babylonia. We should be the one to do the crying. We should be mourning the destruction of the temple, because now we are in exile and scattered among the nations. Therefore, we are the one that should be mourning, eulogizing the loss of the temple, because we are in exile. But the inhabitants left in Jerusalem replied to them and said, yes, it's true that you are in exile. And indeed, it is appropriate for you to lament because we went from the light to darkness. But it is also appropriate for us to cry and to lament because we are the children of the Shekhinah, the Gvira, the queen. We are her children, but she is not with us. She is in the Galut, she is in exile. And she is denied cohabitation, Zivug, with her husband, Zirampin, God. And without the Zivug, cohabitation of Zah and Nok, the Shekhinah and God, we have nothing, we have no abundance, we have no protection, we have nothing. She is away from the place of Zivug, of cohabitation, Bet HaMikdash, we have no Bet HaMikdash, And we don't have her either. Hence, the nations of the world have all the abundance, and they rule us, and they can harm us, and they do harm us. Therefore, what we have to do is to bring back the Shekhinah to our Israel, build the temple, and have a zivug, and then we'll be the masters of the entire universe. But now we are like orphans. We are looking for the Shekhina. She is nowhere to be found. That is the tragedy. We have no one to protect us. We are checking her bed in her bedroom. She is not there. Neither is she in her chamber, and there are no traces of her. The Shekhina. We climbed the roof, and we found her on the roof, sitting and crying, bitter, mourning, because of this. We, the ones in Earth Israel, in Israel, are the ones that should be mourning the loss. Indeed, we are not in Galut like you, but the Babylonian, but we don't have the Shekhinah. Now that we know the loss and the consequences, we should know what to restore. We miss her and we want to kiss the path that she walked on the chair that she sat on. Why did we lose her? Because we were sinful. This scene started with the scene of the Meraglim, the spies in the desert. But uh, the Zor continues that God also is is uh, going through a state of loss and he's like a rooster that looking for his female. But indeed, this started way before the meraglim the spies it started in the garden of eden where god cursed adam and eve and because of the they ate from the truth of knowledge good and evil he said V'eva ashid bencha uven ha-isha, and a lot of hatred between the two of you therefore the destruction of the temple It goes back all the way to the Garden of Eden and the original sin. We have two problems. One, the Shekhinah is not with us. And two, the snake, the Nachash, is ready to strike all the time because of the sin. The acronym of Echa, Yashva, Badat, Ha'ir, spells, Eva, hatred, strife. Echa Yashva, badad ha'ir. Acronym, Aleph, Yud, Bet, He, Eva, hatred. The next three words: Rabati am ha'ita. These are the acronym of Resh, Ayin, heh Ra, Bad. So the two words spells of bad hatred. The Shekhinah feels like she is divorced, but in truth, she was not divorced. She was sent away to exile, but not divorced. The other part of the devastation, the loss, is that now we do not have a path to the tree of life. It's ha which spells out good life and eternity, free of sin, free of want, only enjoying the Shekhinah forever and ever. And until we get rid of the Nachash, or the snake that is inside us and outside us, we'll continue in a life of uncertainty and also quite life that is missing the most important part, which is the Shekhinah in our life. And at this time, the queen, the Gvira, the Shekhinah is outside, is in exile, while the servant maid, the shifcha, is inside. The snake also has a big part in our downfall because he got jealous when God decided to create man that will be above all creation. So the snake, the Nachash, the Satan, Uncle Sam, the angel of death, it's all the same. He wanted to prove to God that he was right. Man is going to sin, and does not deserve to be created. The Nahash, the snake, the angel of death, Uncle Sam, all of this, basically got jealous of Adam and Eve after he saw them cohabit. And they did that before the Shabbat. They did it on Friday afternoon, but before the Shabbat entered. And that's because of that, he had a hold on them. Had they waited to cohabit after the Sabbath, Nothing. Everything will be good. We would be, we would not have this conversation. The snake, the Satan, started, started the conversation with Eve by saying "Afki even though God said such and such. And do not eat from this uh, tree of good knowledge. He started with the word "af," and the word "af" in Hebrew is also anger. "Af" also means the nose. And anger comes from the nose. So the snake, the Satan started the downfall by using the, the word, the, the code word "off," to tell about what's going to happen. It's going to be some anger that's going to, be, which means denim, which is judgment, which is going to bring on Adam and Eve. And the Satan proceeded to create that. In Hebrew, mavet, which made out of three letters, mem, vav, tav. He put them together, and he created death in the world. Chava started the conversation with the nachash by saying, Mipri et hagan. So, Mipri is mem, and the nachash captured that mem to build the first letter of mavet, death. But now, the nachash, the satan, needs. Vav and Tav, to make Mavet, he only has Mem. So Vav and Tav have airborne and try to hide from the snake. But after they ate from the forbidden tree of knowledge, good and evil, what happened after that? It says in the the book of Bereshit, and eneshnehem. Their eyes opened, Vatipach Vatipahkahna, it starts with Vav, So now you have the second letter. We have mem, now we have vav. And the third letter, tav, is vati, pa kahna. Vav tav, that's how it starts, with vav tav, and that brings mavet, mem, vav, tav. As we can see immediately, what people say, their mouth, whatever comes out of their mouth, spares their life and death. As King Solomon said, mavet Vehaim b'yad life and, and death is in the hand of the tongue. At this time, God sought to inform the patriarchs, the avot, Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov, to tell them, and also the matriarchs, our mothers, Sarah, Rivka, Leah and Rachel, what's going on, the, the children are in exile. God went to wake up the patriarchs and matriarchs and tell them to pray for for the children. So maybe they'll be deserving not to go to the exile. And God proceeded to describe their the state of misery. Their hands are tied behind their back. They're being driven out of the land. They're going to uh, to exile. They're going away from the promised land. God was trying to Invoke zechut avot, the merits of the of the parents. So our forefathers didn't know where we are, and they had no answer to God. So God went to Moses and said, Moses, where are your, where are the children of Israel that I handed them to you to take to to, to the land of Israel? So Moses said, Look, to the I the last I saw them is when I gave them to Joshua to enter the land. So God went with Joshua and said to him, where are the children of Israel? He said, there should be an earth in Israel because I made sure that they go in. And they did. So all of them, the, the forefathers and Moses and Joshua came in front of God, they were crying, complaining that they cannot find the children of Israel in earth Israel because they were exiled. Where are they? Why are they punished? And God said, I got angry because they start wor- wor- idol worshipping. Yet I waited a long time to see if they will repent. I did not repent. So Abraham said, destroy them. The man of Chesed is telling God, kill them. Moses also replied in the same fashion. And Joshua replied in the fashion. Basically, they sinned, kill them. So God went to Rachel and she screamed and She starts crying. And Rachel challenged God, said, what exactly so bad they were? What sin did they do? And God said, you know, they brought, they brought my competition the Shekhi, the, to the Shekhinah. They brought the wife of the Satan, Aunt Lily, and they, by, by worshiping, by idol worshiping. Rachel immediately replied to God, but I did the same thing. I got married to I was supposed to marry Yaakov, Jacob, and instead I let my sister Leah marry him. I brought her brought her in not to not to have her be embarrassed that I'll get married before her. If I can admit a, a different another woman to my household with my husband, Yaakov, you can do the same thing. Remember God, I gave her the signs so, she, so that Yaakov will think it was me, so he marries her first. God, you are merciful. Then be merciful. Be the God that you are. That was the argument of Rachel. And she proceeded to cry a lot. And also the Shekhinah started also crying with her and also millions and millions of angels in heaven start crying also. And 200,000 words have been shaken. Thereafter, the supernal mother, which is the upper hay, told everybody and told Rachel, you can cease crying, and uh, you will be rewarded, and uh, the children will come back home. Rachel crying, guaranteed that we'll one day return back from the exile. And indeed, we did. The tragedy of the exile and of all the devastations that the servant made inherited the queen, and therefore, who gets all the shepherds or gets all the abundance? The going, the non Jews. And we suffer. Upon hearing all this, Bene Bavel sent back a message to the people who stayed in Israel, said, yeah, we can see now the devastation, the depth of the loss, and therefore, yes, you should be crying because you lost the Shekhinah. And it is quite appropriate for you to mourn and eulogize for the loss of the Shekhinah because you are painfully aware of what's missing. We are in Galut here, we don't see that. In Babylonia, we don't see that in, in exile. But you see, you see what, what's missing. You see the devastation in Israel. You should be mourning. You should be eulog- eulogizing, lamenting on the loss of the of the temple, of the statehood, and all the Shekhinah. And they continue, the The people in Babylonia said that we also should cry because even though she, she is not and it's Israel, and she's in Galut, we still have to cry. She's still in exile. That's what you're going to have to mourn also, that she is in exile, and not where she's supposed to be, with her husband in in the temple, and uh, do the zivug, the cohabitation, to bring the abundance to Am Israel, and not, now it goes to the going. While indeed the prophet Ehezkel Ezekiel saw her and everything in the in the Galut in Bavel we have that in the book of Ezekiel. Nonetheless, she is in exile. She's she's here with us. Does not. It's only to protect us. But we don't get the abundance that we used to be get when we were in Israel. So it we also should mourn, regardless and in spite of the of the uh, of the prophecy of Ezekiel. The ones in Israel told uh, the ones in Babel, Babylonia, that we can, even though she is in exile, we can still hear her walking over here. But yet, we are without any spirit, we are like dead people. And God is screaming at midnight, and we can hear it. And that's why we do tikun Chatzot, we wake up in the middle of the night, because God is crying and screaming because the Shekhinah is an exile. You and I have a home and many of us have a wife and he does not. Neither a home, neither a wife. And we are denied the sacrifices to atone for our sins while she continuously goes higher and higher away from us into the heaven. And we can also hear the cries of the angel called Er Elim that were in charge of protecting the temple. Now the Zohar continues and describes the love affair that was between God and the Shekhinah, and it is literally descriptive, described by the Zohar in terms of human relationship. To underscore the great, enormous, love of God for the Shekhinah. This is also a lesson for us, how we should love our wives and how we should treat them. And you should have an infinite love for your wife and should cherish her and you should have enormous respect for her. And the wife is the most important aspect in your life. She controls your lifespan your happiness your income your well-being your olam the world to come everything is in the hand of the wife and the czar continues how the shekhinah is is looking to is seeking to find and and she is searching for her husband because she wants she wants his closeness she wants her him to to hold her to to hug her to cohabit with her and everything. She wants her husband. And that's how a wife should want her, her husband too, on earth. Just like the Shekhinah is yearning for her husband, Zirampin, God, you, the wife, should also yearn for your husband and cherish him and love him. And in doing that, you're actually hastening. You are, you are expediting the Gula, the redemption. This is why a wife can never go on strike and say she's going to stop cohabit with her husband. It's the worst thing that you can do, absolutely the worst thing. You stop the abundance from to all mankind. People don't know that and make mistakes and they think, you know, if the husband doesn't provide, then we, we should retaliate, or if he says a bad word to us, we should retaliate in some fashion. Don't do that. That is the worst, that is the biggest devastation a woman can do when she denies her husband because of some dispute or misunderstanding. She should be the opposite. She should always be in love with your husband and always be ready, willing, and able because your relationship with your husband is also causes a relationship in heaven. It causes a zivug in heaven. Have a zivug over here to cause a zivug in heaven. And then bring down the abundance. And that's why a person, when he gets married, all of a sudden he has parnasa, everything goes well. Why? Because, because now there's a zivug. There's a cohabitation. And when things don't go well, they don't go well at all. And there's a lot of despair. And, and there's a lot of misunderstanding and fights and... and and devastation on the family. Avoid all of that. Love your husband. Love your wife. The Shekhinah makes a vow not to forget Jerusalem. That's her habitat. That's the place where she stays in the Beit HaMikdash. And that's why we also say, if I forget the Jerusalem, we do not want to forget Jerusalem because we do not want the Shekhinah to forget Jerusalem. The Shina continues and remembers, and she reminds Zerampin, God, all the good times she had with him, and Mount Sinai, and being in the temple, and everything. And this is an important point, because she wants to remind him the good time, not just the bad time that she had, because the the, the children have sinned, but also the good time. So many times the couple, is only remembering the bad things. They never remember the good things. They might have millions of good things the husband does, but she will always remember just one time when he did something wrong, and she'll never forgive him on that. No, that is a mistake. Remember the good. Don't remember so much the bad. This advice goes for both husbands and wife, both fail in this area. They try to take revenge of one another, and that's contrary to bringing the redemption and Mashiach. It's better to remember the good times. It will make the marriage last. But if you stick, if you stay, and you just, it just go on back to the few times that he was not good or she was not good, you destroy everything. Always remember the children that she gave you all the meals that she prepared, all the time she was with you. The Book of Lamentation should be called the Book of Successful Marriage. Because if you follow these instructions, how God treats the Shekhinah, how the Shekhinah yearns for God, and you do the same thing with your spouse, you will have a great marriage, and a long-lasting marriage. And the Shekhinah keeps saying to God, why do you only remember the bad times? There were bad times. They did the eagle. They they were spies and they, in they spoke bad things and they were mad. They were always testing you in the desert and demanding and screaming and they wanted food and everything. Yes, there were bad times, but there were good times too. Let's remember the good times. And this uh, thing that the Shema kept saying to God, finally, he told her, "Yeah, okay, I I got it. You would I will remember." stop crying, and uh, we will get together again, we'll talk, and the children will come home." Because she made God remember the good times. And like a wife that always remembers the bad things that the husband did 20 years ago, 30 years ago, she never forgets. She keeps reminding him, oh, looked at this woman, you know, in the street. Yeah? And for that, forever, he's going to be suffering. And that's wrong. Remember the good time. And you man, remember the good time you had with your wife when you were young and and starting out and and you had love in your eyes and everything. Don't let that go away. It is important that she understand that you love her and that you never forget about her. That she's the number one, she's the most important thing in your life, and that and that will give you a lot of good. What will carry you in bad times is the remembering of the good times. Many times we say to ourselves, it was worth it, all the suffering, for one good moment that we had in the past. Remember those moments. Don't forget all the good times. And perhaps this is why all marriages start with good time. They go to one year to be together, and the honeymoon, and all these things. Why? to establish good times so that later on when the bad time comes, which inevitably they do. Unfortunately, there's nothing you can do about it. Satan is everywhere. He can go back and fall back on the good time to rescue you from the bad times. Remember the good times to carry you through the bad times. And that should be also good advice for relationship with people. Always remember they did you good. They were helpful to you, they helped you, and they were there for you. Remember that before you fight them and turn them off forever and ever. Because ultimately, things will change and we get old and bad times happen, and people lose money and, and they lose health and things happen to them. And what will carry them eventually is the fact that they had some, some, some happiness in the, in the past in the beginning. And that is exactly what the Shekhinah is trying to teach us, this, this, this uh, Zohar of lamentation is trying to teach us, because that's uh, what the Shekhinah is doing. She kept telling God, the Pin, look at the good times, look, we took out of Egypt, you gave us the Torah, we were together in all the festivals in the, in, during the temple, and we did Simcha Torah, we did a lot of good things together, remember that. And the, the bad times are in Tammuz, Tevet, Av, Shevat. Those are the four bad months. The Satan is in charge of these months, these four months, and we have to be careful during these four months. So plan your marriage carefully. Plan your business adventure carefully. Plan a good start with your employer, with your employees. We have a good start. We have something to fall back on. So even though somebody worked for a company for 20 years and he he had good pay and everything, and one day there's a dispute, what carries him through? The fact that he remembers there were good times in the beginning. And he builds on that good time to weather off the bad times. So when I say plan, plan it, means that always take, in, take into consideration when you start a relationship with any kind of, or, or, or project, the beginning should be good. That way, when the bad comes, which inevitably comes because of the Satan, you'll have back something to fall back on. Now after the destruction, we lost the temple, we lost prophecy, we lost the commerce that we had in Jerusalem, we lost everything. We lost the Torah scholars, we lost the Kohanim, the priests, we lost. The sacrifices, we have lost a lot. But the biggest loss is the loss of the Shekhinah. Imagine, imagine a person who is in love with his wife and he cut for something happened to her. What will be the most devastating to him? The loss of his wife. Nothing else. Not money, not, not wealth, nothing. His wife. And women should take the same thing about their husband. He's the most important thing in your life. He should be. We also lost the singing of the Levites in the, in the temple where they were sacrificing, making all those sacrifices, they were singing. And that singing was uplifting us tremendously, spiritually. And in the exile in Babylonia, the Babylonians demanded that they sing to them and they refuse because they'll be singing to the klipa and they'll make the, the klipa even stronger. So they cut the thumbs with their, with their teeth. So that way they will not be able to play the, the instruments and sing to the Babylonian, the klipa, the goim. And uh, the prophet Jeremiah was going around and, and lifting up all these thumbs that he found cut this is also a very important lesson to us. When people have disputes with their spouses, sometimes they, they do bad things and they go with other people. And you can see this is a tremendous mistake because you give the other forces, the klipa, the, the evil forces, you give them power, and they will use that against you. So don't do that. Restore your relationship with your spouse. Don't go elsewhere. The Zohar continues, describe the devastation, the, the temple destroyed, everything lays in dust, and God is risen up, and there's a lot of anger. It appears like a miscarriage of justice. Why this is made possible? Because once we sin, and Satan took over, he can harm us, and he can exaggerate. No different than when a person is getting caught by a cop and, uh, and the, the, the policeman just maybe thought he maybe uh, went over the speed limit by 5 miles or 10 miles and then he, he looks at the tires and he looks at the windshield and he, and he looks at other things, check if he's drunk. There's all kinds of things that that he was not looking for. But now that he got caught by the minor thing, he looks at many other things. And sometimes the person thinks he's gonna get a ticket, he gets seven tickets, 10 tickets, all in one time. Same thing here. Once the Satan got a hold of the situation, he can exaggerate and he can demand justice for everything. And that's what makes it worse. And this is exactly how people make things worse in their life. They have a small little argument, at home about the child did this or a child did that or the wife this purchase the husband is this purchase or somebody said a word or not a good word and then they take something that is minor and they explode it because the satan takes over and the satan is in each and every one of us and they make it bigger much bigger than what it is really and they never forget forget they and they continue with that path until total destruction divorce and suffering instead of going back to the good times yes you can learn to be a good husband a good wife by learning lamentations the zora adds that beside the loss of the shekhinah that we are mourning and crying and all the damage that caused us we should also cry because of the miscarriage of justice. We're not punished just for what you have done. We are way over punished. But that over punishment by the Satan, he, because he becomes, he gets carried away, is also his demise. Now we have an excuse to go and destroy the Satan who caused us to sin. This is exactly, if you want to, from current event to see what's happening, look at Putin of Russia. How is he devastating Ukraine? For what? That's called miscarriage of justice. Now God will find a way for the Russian army to lose, for Putin to lose, for Russia to pay a huge price. Miscarriage of justice. Same thing with the cop that keeps adding more tickets to the innocent person who just did something minor. Now for a sudden it's from one ticket to half a dozen tickets, and we have to be careful when we when somebody does something against us and whether it's a child or a spouse, not to overreact not to carry, the, not to carry justice beyond what is it, what it is supposed to be that 's not justice if you give a punishment that doesn 't fit the crime that 's not justice and uh, why all this why all this misery and suffering and miscarriage of justice and everything, because and even though, even though we did teshuvah allegedly, we did repentance and everything, and, and we promised to behave better, that's because we, the one thing we've missed, we have not restored the shekhinah. The shekhinah is still in exile, and that's the, that is the tragedy. That is the message of lamentation no Shekhinah, there can never be any good. And whatever good we have is temporary, and the Satan can always interfere. So the question now is how do you restore back the Shekhinah? How do you make a zivug between Zah and Nok? There are many ways, but the most common, simple way is to have a meditation of restoring the Shekhinah to her husband By when you answer Amen, Amen is made of two words, Yudke Vavke, 26, Adni, which is 65, which is the Nukva, the female, and Yudke Vavke is the male. You now unite the two, combine the two, Yudke Vavke and Adni, you get 26 and 65 is 91, Amen will restore the Shekhinah. Never miss an Amen. And always meditate that you're restoring the zivug of Zionok when you say Amen. That is the solution. That is the simplest solution. So, Teshuvah means eh, return the hay. There is youth ke vav ke. That means youth ke vav. That's Zerampin, that's God. The last hay is the Shekhinah. When we sin, we separate the hay from the youth He vav. And that brings disaster. You want Shuvah, it's not enough to say, I'm sorry. You have to bring back the hay to the Yod Kevav. When you say Amen with the kavana, with the intention and you think 91, 26 plus 65 you restore the hay. That is the beginning of redemption. And that's, Galut is when the hay separates from the Yod Kevav. Redemption is when you return that hay to Yod Kevav. And because people do not learn Kabbalah, they do not know the secret. They don't know how to bring back the Shekhinah, how to unite Zaynok, which is what's needed. In addition to doing all the commandments and observing a good Jewish life and following everything that you're supposed to do but the proper way, with enthusiasm and, and everything. In addition to that, you have to unite and Yudke Vavke, with Adni. The are also retells about the the selling of Yosef which is also what caused all this destruction also but there were only ten brothers because Benjamin was not born yet and Yosef was the one that was sold. So ten the ten tribes what also caused a lot of a lot of harm and we pay for it till today. Uh, but Ruven who who said to their to the brothers let's not kill him Let's take, let's just throw him to a pit, and then he wanted to come back later on and take him out. He was reincarnated in Rabbi Ezra Gadol, and he, even though he was caught by the Romans and they put in a dungeon, he he is the only one that actually survived that, and uh, and his soul was spared. and went straight up to heaven when upon his death. So the real message of Echa Lamentation is to impress upon us the real cost of the devastation. The fact that we lost the Shekhinah. She is in Galut, there is no Zivug, no cohabitation, no abundance to us. It goes everything to the Goyim. Even though we sustain all the world with our work, with our prayer, our learning of the Torah, nonetheless, Dege the Shefa because the Shekhinah is in Galut. And this is high importance for the Jews to come back to their homeland, because with that, they will restore the Shekhinah. Staying in Galut will not. But even that we are now in earth Israel, we came back from the exile, most of us, we're still under the thumb of the Goim, as you can see from the United Nations and what other nations are doing to us, because the Shekhinah is not restored yet. And how do we restore the Shekhinah? With the Yehudim, the oneness of God and the Shechina, with the Amen. So, you may ask, what happens when we do Kabbalah Shabbat? We bring the Shechina. We we do all kind of mitzvot. We pray. All of that restores the Shechina. Yes, and holidays temporary. It's not permanent. It's just for the moment, and after that, it it disappears again. Everything that we do in Kabbalah is to restore the Shekhinah to her beloved husband, Za Zir Ampin. Zah and Ok together in unification, Amen, will bring the redemption to Am Israel, Amen.